0: Now back to hour number two of Garden Talk with Mark Weber. Hello, Mark. What are you going to have at the Tisdale Barbecue for Memorial Day? (laughs) That's what I want to know. I knew you were going to ask me that question, Mark. I cooked actually some chicken fajitas last night, and I'll probably uh, make some burgers probably tomorrow.
1: Now, do you put cheese on your burgers?
0: Uh, It depends.
1: Well, what kind of cheese do you use, John?
0: Uh, Either American cheese, probably, or maybe mozzarella cheese. It just depends on what mood I'm in. You ever had Gouda? Uh, Not in a while gouda is good on burgers really
1: <laughs> yeah oh yeah it gives a nice little smoky taste to it mm, yeah okay. a little onion a little jalapeno nice. yeah sounds yummy mr tisdell thank you very thank much you. in the next hour of garden talk we'll be talking to randy Tisher from green velvet sod farms We'll be talking to you at four five seven twelve ninety on AM twelve ninety and news ninety five seven WHIO.
2: The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cox Media Group Ohio. And a good
1: Saturday morning to each and every one of you. And uh, welcome to the second hour of Garden Talk right here on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. And I hope you're having a good Memorial Day weekend. Welcome to the second hour of what is three hours of great gardening advice here on WHIO Radio. And this show is called Garden Talk. And my name is Mark Weber and I have hosted this legendary broadcast now for over 28 years, and I hope to help you with your landscaping, your trees, your lawn, whatever you may be challenged with. We would love to hear you at four five seven twelve ninety. That's four five seven twelve ninety, where you get the most expert advice and analysis on how to be successful in your landscape. And as always, here on Garden Talk, folks, we spend time helping you with whatever may be challenging your landscaping. Um, in this hour, we're going to be talking a lot about grass. We're also going to be talking a lot about uh, how to manage your landscape in the summer months. Um, the summer can be one of the more challenging periods of time for plants. And uh, it's important for you to realize that what we do here on Garden Talk is kind of give you um, the basic information that allows you to be successful. Uh, We don't spend a lot of time uh, trying to insult you in any way, but we're here to help you, and uh, we also need to talk a lot about the science of growing plants. Summer is a challenging time, and it can be for many different reasons, but one thing that summer can be is a very prosperous time for plants. If they have the right amount of water and the right amount of nutrition and the soils are, are, are adequate and the site conditions are as well, plants will grow, thrive, and store lots of energy for the upcoming winter season and more so will end up being the best plants ever for the seasons to come. But if the plant is missing something, the right amount of nutrition, too much water, not enough water, um, improper lighting there may be some issues that cause it harm. So if you've got plants in peril and plants that aren't doing so well, give us a call here at 4571290. That's 4571290 and uh, we'll be happy to uh, talk about how we can help you figure out what's going on in your plants. Plus we want to know from you today, what's on you going to be on your grill this weekend? Is there going to be hamburgers or hot dogs or or maybe a hawk steak, or maybe pork chops, or maybe, how about this, Javon, shish kebabs. <laughs> it's a big grilling weekend. We want to hear your voices today at 457-1290. Um, I'm also going to talk a little bit today about lawns, and I'm I, I'm seeing a lot of lawns with a number of issues As it relates to um, red thread, and you may see this issue in your landscape right now, it's where the lawn has um, kind of pinkish threads and uh, the the blades of grass turn kind of red, and you may um, get some of that redness on your tennis shoes when you mow the lawn. Um, That's a good example of a disease that's related to soil nutrition which basically means that your lawn is lacking probably nitrogen or possibly phosphorus. And it's kind of a good little indicator disease. It doesn't kill your lawn, but it also is a disease that kind of should set kind of a, a warning shot across the bow. So to speak, it should cause you to think, you know what? There's something really wrong with my fertility program. And I really need to do some soil testing. And, uh, If you've got Red Thread, that will be a calling card to have your lawn do some soil testing to determine really how you should be fertilizing your lawn. Let's head to the telephone lines at 457-1290. Let's go talk to John. John's from Greenville. Good morning, John. How are you? Good morning, Mark. How are you this morning? Good and happy Memorial Day to you.
5: The same to you, sir.
1: So what's going to be on your grill this weekend?
5: Uh. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, I'm not going to grill. I make a a squirrel stew.
1: You make squirrel stew for for, for really?
5: Yes, we do. What
1: does squirrel stew taste like, if I may ask? Uh,
6: similar to a beef stew.
1: Really? Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, I tell you what. A few weeks ago, um, I had squirrels in my attic. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I would have known. I would have had you come catch them. So, I mean, the funny—I tell you the funny story about this—is that this is you know, I, when I built my wife and I built our house, I, I put in a number of trees. I've talked, you know, great lengths over the years about what I did with my yard. And My yard's spectacular now, and sure, and uh, you know, one of the, the 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 benefits is wildlife. I've got you know birds, birds everywhere, and I, you know, I've got squirrels. I, I got there's an old hackberry tree in the rear of my property that's hollow that my dogs like to chase the squirrels around and it adds some entertainment value, you know? And last fall I was, you know, it was on a Sunday or something and my oldest daughter was home and she goes, dad, look, there's a squirrel. And I said, wow, he's crawling up the tree and everything and kind of jumped over the house. And I thought, well, this is great. I've got nice family of squirrels in my family and my, on my property. And well, I came home one night and looked outside, and there was a baby squirrel on the top of the tree. My dogs, you know, thought they could probably shake the, the, the squirrel out of the tree without, you know, that way. And then the next day, my our, all our tulips out front were beginning to bloom, and so Kim and I walked outside <laughs> and looked up. All of a sudden, heard all this scampering, and there was no less than four squirrels sitting on the roof peak of my house, looking down at me. <laughs> Next thing you know, I've seen them all run to the downspout, and I go, Oh gosh, they're in my downspout. So, you know, I'm not going to, I learned a long time ago as an arborist not to mess around with squirrels. So <laughs> I call these wildlife guys, and these doggone things chewed a hole through the side of my house, and we're living in the soffit. Oh, wow. So, so they put this trap up, and, and this is all done legally. They put this trap up. And the first night we didn't we caught no less than than four squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> Another day went by. We caught a fifth squirrel. So had like five squirrels living in our house. So um, well, they
5: got to stay dry too. <laughs> that's
1: right. The squirrels I got to stay dry too. So what's your what's your sir? I'm going to put you on hold real quick. I'll be right back. Okay. That's fine. Yes. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. <laughs> well, good morning, McCall. How are you?
4: Good. How are you? <laughs>
1: Talking about squirrels. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's what I was hearing as I was walking in and I was thinking to myself, uh, yesterday I got home from work and I noticed there was like a hole, a very, very tiny one, like size of a golf ball maybe, maybe that was burrowed into my garden. Yeah. And I was wondering what it was, but... We'll see. I covered the hole back up. We'll see if it like reappears. As this it maybe about like,
1: this big around, yeah, about yeah. size of a 50 cent piece. Yeah.
4: I was thinking like maybe a mole. I don't know.
1: Might be a mole. Moles, will, the soil will be kind of raised mm-hmm. and you'll see kind of a raised tunnel system. Mm-hmm. It may be a chipmunk.
4: I bet it's a chipmunk. <laughs> i bet it's a chipmunk charlie my grandma used to have one of the two of them and she would call them chip and dale yeah and they were there every spring so maybe i have one we'll see. charlie
1: the chipmunk
4: yeah it was pretty deep i could see like the hole was going real far into the ground
1: yeah i'm a chipmunk it's not a snake though don't that, worry about snakes oh, thank yeah.
4: goodness i'm okay with the chipmunk <laughs> that's snakes right no, no 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 snakes and spiders not my favorite thing um
1: I, you know last week, when I left the studios, I was walking down the hall and I mm-hmm. saw you, and I was asking yeah. you about you know the effects of wind mm-hmm. and, and 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 these micro thunderstorms yeah and and you really intrigued me because you said it was like like a bomb going off,
4: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Can you describe to our listeners how, what a microburst thunderstorm and how it works in the atmosphere?
4: So just like any other thunderstorm that you have, you have a strong updraft that's uh, pulling the moisture and everything up into the thunderstorm. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually when the downdraft itself, that's the rain cooled air that's coming out of the cloud is stronger than the updraft, uh, that's gonna give you the thunderstorm. So what happens with a microburst is the updraft is really, really strong for a really long time. And it holds a lot of uh, rain particles, hail up in the thunderstorm, um, so much so that eventually that downdraft just kind of like breaks it and it comes down like a bomb. It's not a gradual process like you see with a typical thunderstorm. Mm -hmm. And it comes down with such force. And it
1: comes straight down. Straight down. If you
4: were to slow down... Um, If you had a a video of a microburst that was happening and you could slow it down, you can actually see it looks like a rain or hail bomb that's coming out of it. You can just see like the contours of the colors of the gray within the thunderstorm and it comes down and it hits the ground and it creates... You know, an explosion of cool air hitting the ground and it all pushes out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when you see that fanning effect of straight line winds. And really, it's in all directions around that storm. That's why it's kind of like a bomb. It hits the ground and north, south, east, west, we'll see the impacts of it. And,
1: and, and, and what's fascinating about it is is, is that it, 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 when it strikes the earth, mm-hmm. it strikes it with such force yeah. that the winds in many cases exceed over 100, and, 100 miles an hour. Yeah. And 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 it, and it can be a pretty wide area. It's less than typically; they're less than what I read was two and a half miles mm-hmm. in width. But they're but they're, they they take a pretty big area out.
4: Yeah, and and it's like I like to compare it kind of like a, a tornado in the sense that you know how it happens, but you don't know why it happens with any particular thunderstorm. Meaning, you can say conditions are favorable for a thunderstorm to develop but you can't tell why one thunderstorm would produce a microburst compared Mm. to another type of thunderstorm. Uh, Tornadoes, you may say conditions are favorable for a tornado, but not every thunderstorm is going to produce one. And you don't know why one does and another one doesn't. Like, you know, after the fact, looking at it, but you couldn't pick it out ahead of time and say that that's the thunderstorm that's, you know, going to grow from this little itty-bitty cell to a tornadic cell. Uh, so it's one of those things that we understand the science mm-hmm. of what happens, right. but we can't necessarily predict it down to the storm. You know, <laughs>
1: it's because it's called Mother Nature. I know, <laughs>
4: I know. But microbursts are crazy. I my um, family is from the Northeast and that's where I grew up. And it was about a week ago, maybe a little bit more than that. There was this intense squall line that came through and you may have seen the stories in the news produced all these tornadoes and microbursts and fortunately my family were okay but there were a lot of people within a 20 mile radius. Newburgh, New York got hit by a tornado. Unfortunately a, a little girl, 11, 12 years old died because a tree fell on the car that she was in right. trying to seek shelter from the storm. Um, Microburst hit. I have a couple of friends whose houses the roof was you know, damaged because trees fell on it and you probably know uh, more of this. Like Those type of storms don't typically occur in the northeast they can happen, right. but the trees themselves, you know, we've talked about it in different climates. You know, they're they grow dependent upon like the conditions that usually yeah. happen there. They they
1: develop what they call adaptive growth.
4: Yeah. So a lot of those storm like a lot of those trees where I grew up, they're like these big, healthy, huge, like I feel like hundred-year-old trees. Mm-hmm. And if you get a big storm like that and very strong winds, which we typically don't see in that area, that that's you see a lot of well, damage. But
1: what's interesting, though, is you could have a very healthy tree, mm-hmm. but structurally inept. Mm-hmm. I mean, there you you can structures everything with trees mathematically, and this is the part that's always freaks people out. What we sometimes we put human terms with plant terms, mm-hmm. meaning in terms of wind. We as human beings, is something over 50 miles an hour to you and I is like, wow. Oh, wow, yeah. To a tree, it's nothing. Particularly trees are structurally sufficient. Yeah. Mathematically, it's about wind pressure
6: mm-hmm.
1: with trees, meaning when the trees hit a critical wind pressure and of a whole tree trunk breaking, you need approximately 24 um, square feet of pressure to break a tree. hmm he goes, what? Yeah, 24, and w- which equivalates in meters per second. Now we're getting really technical mm-hmm, yeah. here. But 94 miles an hour. Now, there's no data that shows that even at, um, let's say, a conifer, like a pine tree, mm-hmm. if it's structurally sufficient, you could take winds up to 103, mm-hmm. 104 miles an hour, And there are many hardwood trees that the data from NOAA has shown that can take winds in excess of 109 110 miles Mm. an hour, meaning when they get a big weather event and they can only see so much with radar, which you know. Yeah. That's where ground spotters come in. And then after these events, they come in on the ground to determine what the ground speed winds were related to the structural damage and also tree damage. Right. So what NOAA people do nowadays is they actually use arborists to come in and help them determine what were deficient trees and insufficient trees related to the wind. McCall, thank you. You're
5: welcome. Have a great day, and
1: thanks for being part of Garden Talk. More Garden Talk shall continue after this on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
2: The Miami Valley's only radio station for 24-hour breaking news, weather and traffic, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
3: Hey everybody, Sergeant Mark here.
2: I have a question for you.
3: How's the outside of your house look? Is it time to freshen things up with a new coat of paint? If you said yes, let me make a recommendation to you. Call Serta Pro Painters and reserve your spot for the summer exterior painting schedule. I have found Serta Pro in the times that they've worked for me to be fast, thorough, reliable. Have them come out to your home for a free detailed estimate. Now, they've done several projects for me, including a complete exterior paint job, and I was completely satisfied, and it was great to hear the positive comments from my friends and neighbors. I really believe you'll be as satisfied with the results as I was. Here's the number, 800-GO-CERTA. That's 800-G-O-C-E. E R T A Serta with a C. You can also go to their website certapro.com Each certapro Pro Painter's business is independently owned and operated. If you need commercial work done, they also handle commercial projects. The number again G O C E R T A Go Serta. That's Serta with a C. Serta Pro Painters. We do painting. You do life.
7: David Cemetery has been serving the families of the Miami Valley since 1826. In 2011, we built our first outdoor columbarium and in 2015 completed our second. You may be asking, What is a columbarium? A columbarium is a chamber or wall in which urns containing cremations are stored. For more information, call 937-434-2255 or go to davidcemetery.com. David Cemetery, generations of care.
3: Everyone's financial needs are different. Tune in Saturdays at 3 as author David Gaylor discusses the plays for your game plan for retirement on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Investment advisory services are offered through Precision Capital Management and SEC registered
2: investment advisor. At Jeff Schmidt Auto Group, we have seven state-of-the-art service facilities. All seven locations have modern waiting areas with free amenities or drop off your car and drive off in one of our complimentary loaner vehicles. If you're too busy to come in on a weekday, schedule a Saturday appointment or use one of our 24-7 drop boxes. Your car will be taken care of by one of our certified technicians who are always kept up with the latest training. From an oil change to a major collision, come to Jeff Schmidt Auto Group and experience the advantage. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO is part of the iHeartRadio Radio Network. You can hear AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO anywhere, any any anytime, on your smartphone or any other device. It's easy and it's free. Just download the iHeartRadio app and look for WHIO in Dayton. Then you'll be able to hear us around the world. The station that the Miami Valley relies on for news, weather, and traffic. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app.
7: When you look at your trees, do you see dead or hanging branches? Are leaves turning yellow or falling off? If your trees don't look healthy or if you're worried that they may be unsafe... Call the tree care professionals at Arbor Experts, a locally owned and operated tree care company staffed with ISA certified arborists serving greater Dayton. Visit their website at arbor-experts.com or call them at 937-233-4118. That's Arbor Experts at 233-4118.
8: Pick a house color, any color. What do you see? A beige house? There's a coleus for that. A maroon house? No problem. A lime greenhouse like your neighbors? There's a lime green coleus for them. This is John from Noah Garden Center. Not many plants come in such an array of colors and textures as coleus. Some look like a circus hit town, others as elegant as a royal wedding. Whatever your color, there's a coleus for that. Come find yours. Noah Garden Center and Landscaping in Beaver Creek. We're gardeners just like you. Shea gardeners rejoice. Hello, this is John from Noah Garden Center and Landscaping in Beaver Creek. Hosta are some of the most reliable and varied perennials in the shade. All shades of green, gold, blue, and variegated white that can create a simple border or a crazy quilt look of colors and textures. Now through Tuesday, Noah has five Hosta favorites, regularly $14 to $19.99 for just $10.99 while supplies last. And all other Hostas are 20% off. Noah Garden Center in Beaver Creek, we're gardeners just like you. She is very informative. I trust her weather reports. Dayton's
2: most trusted meteorologist with in-depth weather information all morning. Count on Storm Center 7 meteorologist Kirstie Zontini with a forecast you can depend on. Here on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
1: Good morning, everybody. It's 728. Let's check out the updated weather forecast from News Center 7.
4: You may see a few passing sprinkles early this morning, otherwise just partly sunny skies. Temperatures will climb to about 84 degrees this afternoon. Scattered showers and thunderstorms expected to develop. Severe threat not anticipated, but heavy rain, gusty winds, and lightning would be something to look out for. Later on tonight, we'll watch everything coming to an end, and clouds will stick with us. We fall to about 67 degrees. For your day tomorrow, partly sunny, hot, and humid. 89 degrees, an isolated pop-up storm possible. Heat index values are what it will feel like in the low 90s. I'm meteorologist McCall Vrydags in the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
1: A current scan of the new live Doppler HG7 radar is clear. We've got uh, overcast sky conditions, just a bit of sun beginning to peek out up over the eastern horizon. On the station that you depend on for weather, traffic, and garden talk, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
2: When the Miami Valley gets hit with breaking news, severe weather, or traffic tie-ups, depend on us for up-to-the-minute information, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
1: 457 1290 is the number of the dial if you'd like to be part of this morning's broadcast. And don't forget, you can get podcasts of garden talk at WHIO Radio's website if you are out and about and need to uh, listen to some more radio gardening advice. We're always there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. When we come back, we're going to go into the grass with Randy Tisher from Greenville Sod Farms. We're going to talk to Kathy about her trees. And talk to you at 457-1290 on AM 1290
2: and News 957-WHIO. Dayton and Springfield Station for 24-hour news, weather, and traffic. And our Ask the Expert weekends, AM 1290 and News 957-WHIO. This is the station Dayton turns to first for live team coverage of breaking news. WHIO Dayton Springfield. Your news starts now. Depend on it.
0: 7:31, I'm John Tisdale with the WHIO news update or top story. It's going to be a warm and muggy weekend. Don't rule out the chance for a pop-up shower. How will that affect any outdoor activities? Tracking
4: the chances for some thunderstorms to start your holiday weekend. I'm meteorologist McCall Vrydags. Your exclusive WHIO forecast is coming up.
0: Now, WHIO triple team traffic. We continue to have uh, very good driving conditions on the freeway. If you're going to be traveling on uh, eastbound 70 from State Route 49, that is an eight-mile trip to Interstate 75. That's going to take you about seven minutes point-to-point here on this Saturday morning. Just got a report of a crash. It's in the 8500 block of uh, Lionsgate Way in uh, Miami Township. Top story, it's going to be a humid Memorial Day weekend with a chance of a pop-up shower thunderstorm. Storm Center 7 meteorologist McCall of Ridex has this advice. If you're going to have uh, outside activities...
4: While it is going to be a steamy weekend, temperatures in the 80s and even pushing close to 90 degrees come Memorial Day will have high humidity. And that means heat index values in the 90s regardless. So drink lots of fluids while you're out enjoying the holiday weekend and limit your exposure to the sunlight.
0: McCall will have the full forecast in just minutes. This is a WHIO breaking news alert. This is from Seoul, South Korea. The Associated Press is reporting that North and South Korean leaders are meeting again at the Border Village to discuss the potential U.S.-North Korea summit. The summit was canceled by President Trump on Thursday but said the meeting could be back on. South Korean's president is expected to personally announce the outcome of today's meeting with North Korea sometime tomorrow. At Central State University graduate Dwayne Davis said the school fined him $300 and that he can't get his full transcripts until he pays up. Davis is the
2: first to finish college in his family, and was so excited that he broke into dance for five seconds on stage during the ceremony. Earlier this year, Davis said the university made students sign
0: a form saying the graduates would not do anything outrageous to disrupt the ceremony. If they did, they would be fined $300. WHO's Damian Burr says Davis's dance cost about $73 per second. The family of Dave Lovelace, the longest serving Dayton City Commissioner, is honing a street renaming ceremony for him today. The unveiling of Dean Lovelace Drive at Madden Hills Drive will take place at 11 o'clock this morning. Lovelace served as commissioner for 22 years in the city of Dayton before leaving from 2016 for health reasons. He passed away last year on Memorial Day weekend at the age of 71. Here's your explicit WHIO Storm Center 7 forecast.
4: You may see a few passing sprinkles early this morning, otherwise just partly sunny skies. Temperatures will climb to about 84 degrees this afternoon. Scattered showers and thunderstorms expected to develop. Severe threat not anticipated, but heavy rain, gusty winds and lightning would be something to look out for. Later on tonight, we'll watch everything coming to an end and clouds will stick with us. We fall to about 67 degrees. For your day tomorrow, partly sunny, hot and humid. 89 degrees and isolation pop-up storm possible. Heat index values are what it will feel like in the low 90s. I'm meteorologist McCall Vrydags on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
0: Latest scan of the live Doppler 7 HD radar. Seeing some light showers pretty much to the nor- well north of I-70 in the northern Logan County, but for the most part, it's pretty much clear. It's currently 68 degrees in Xenia, 68 degrees in Springfield, and we have 70 degrees in Dayton at 734. For news breaks, we break in immediately. I'm John Tisdale on Dayton's 24 hour news weather and traffic station am 1290 and news 95.7 whio depend on it
9: if keeping up the beauty of your home lawn and landscape is at the top of your to-do list you're in good company hi this is randy with green velvet sod farms and we are the spring season's biggest fan because for us it means all things outside your window will be waking up and showing off their natural green beauty including your lawn Since 1959, Green Velvet has been your trusted local supplier of Ohio's most beautiful Kentucky bluegrass and turf-type tall fescue sod. You can count on us to provide you with products to keep your landscape healthy and thriving with our top quality grass seeds, fertilizers, weed control products, and much more. But quality products are just the tip of the grass blade here at Green Velvet. We've built our business on relationships with people who trust the knowledge and advice of our team of turf professionals. Visit one of our four Dayton or Columbus locations or online at GreenVelvet.com for solutions to your specific lawn care needs. It's easy to be green with Green Velvet, your local in-the-grass experts for 59 years and growing. When you look at your trees, do you see
7: dead or hanging branches? Are leaves turning yellow or falling off? If your trees don't look healthy or if you're worried that they may be unsafe, call the tree care professionals at Arbor Experts a locally owned and operated tree care company staffed with ISA-certified arborists serving Greater Dayton. Visit their website at arbor-experts.com or call them at 937-233-4118. That's Arbor Experts at 233-4118. This is Clark Howard. If
9: breaking news happens, we break in anytime. W-H-I-O W-H-I-O
2: how can you grow a better lawn? Let's go in the grass with Randy Tisher of Green Velvet Sod Farms on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
1: Good morning, Mister Tisher. Well, good morning, sir. What's going to be on the Tisher barbecue this weekend? <laughs> well,
2: I am
10: not sure. That's up to Mrs. Tisher, and uh, I'm just uh, I'm just the griller. She's the uh, she's the buyer. So uh, okay. it's, any, it's anybody's guess, Mark.
1: Okay, I'm just asking. I'm yeah, just... well,
10: I, I I, don't honestly know, but if I had to guess, uh, <laughs> it might be some marinated something or other. She likes to marinate things.
1: Sounds delicious. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it may, may, Whatever may be. Whatever it might be. Beef, beef, pork, or maybe squirrel. Who knows?
10: <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I'm pretty sure that I can eliminate the squirrel.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I eliminated mine too, <laughs> uh, Mr. Tisher. It is gonna. It's summertime, and the time to manage. We we grow grass in the spring and the fall, and we maintain it. We keep it alive in the summertime, don't we?
10: Yeah, we just hold on. You know, we hope we've done everything right to grow a in the spring and the fall, and maybe over the winter, we hope we've done everything right to grow a deep root system, grow a healthy plant, so that when we get what we're going to get this weekend, which is 90 degree temperatures. And uh, and unless we get a little bit of rain today, it doesn't look like we're going to get any rain uh, along with those 90 degree temperatures. It's really going to put the stress on that plant. And uh, we've had a pretty pretty nice grass growing uh, year for so far, but it's going to all end in and, uh, and the, the test on whether or not you've done a good job of growing a deep-rooted plant uh, is going to all come to, uh, to a test here uh, this weekend. And, and so I put together uh, uh, a few tips uh, on your blog, Mark, eight little tips. Uh, and we've talked about some of these before, but there's some very easy uh, practice tips of, uh, of what you can do to try to take some of that stress off of your grass here this summer.
1: Water in the uh, morning, 4 a.m. Yeah. to 10 a.m., ladies and gentlemen. If your irrigation system is running after 10 o'clock in the morning, you have yourself a fungal disease bucket beginning to form, meaning you're going to have fungi or fungi attacking your turf.
10: Yeah, yeah. You know, disease loves to uh, to be on a wet leaf uh and when it's hot anytime we get nighttime temperatures and we're going to get them now nighttime temperatures uh, above 70 degrees that's uh, that's when i say look out Uh, that's when the brown patch on turf type tall fescue starts to starts to to show its ugly head Uh, all these turf diseases uh, really go crazy especially when we get nighttime temperatures that stay above 70 degrees and so put your grass to bed dry. Don't uh, water in the evening. Water early in the morning. Uh, uh, don't fertilize uh, uh, mm. when it's hot uh, and dry. And especially don't uh, don't use herbicides. Uh, don't try to go out and uh, use uh, use herbicides to kill your broadleaf weeds when we get into the ninety degree temperatures. The plant just uh, just uh, really has a hard time with those herbicides. Uh, uh, you know, other things. Avoid mowing when the grass is wet. Uh, that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty much common sense. But, uh, but uh, you know, the, the grass clumps up, and uh, and you and I and I talk about it all the time when we're on the mowing kick. Uh, mow with a sharp mower blade, and this time of the year, take that mower up uh, up a notch or two. Mow high. Yep. Uh, because the higher you mow, the the, the lawn. The the deeper the roots will uh, will stay. If you mow your lawn low and short, your roots will respond uh, accordingly. They will they will they will they will be be shallow. So uh, you know you go on the blog and look at those tips. Uh, they're a bunch of easy to do. Everybody can follow the tips, and uh, if you if you follow the tips. Uh, your, your 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 turf will say thank you, especially after a weekend of these 90-degree temperatures.
1: And so, ladies and gentlemen, as we move forward, if we don't get any rain, um, it's important to realize that it may be better not to mow your yard and leave it a little long and shaggy than it is to cut it because when you cut it, You pretty much have cut the straw open, and it's going to evaporate a lot of moisture out quickly. And I also say, Randy, too, one thing that uh, wasn't on your list, but I think it's a really good one, is clean that underside of that mower deck. Yep. Um, Boy, oh boy, I see a lot of uh, lawns with brown patch related to where a mower travels over an area with a high inoculant of fungi, gets under the mower deck and just spreads it everywhere where it travels. Um, Get underneath that mower deck, ladies and gentlemen, and get it clean, and you will have a much better chance at maintaining. Because like we said before, ladies and gentlemen, in the summer, we're not growing grass, we're maintaining grass. (laughs) You're exactly right, um, and I'm sorry if it irritates anybody out there, but it's kind of the way it is. And 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 turn those sprinklers off after 10 a.m. If you're watering anytime after 10 a.m., if you're an afternoon waterer, you are you are heading down the road of serious decline and disease in your landscape. So please don't water after 10 a.m. There you go. Get up early like Tisha and I do, right? Yeah.
10: Yeah, you know the, the morning's the best part of the day anyway, Mark.
1: I love early mornings in the summer. It's much more pleasant than it is at, at three o'clock in the afternoon when it's scorching hot. So. Yes
10: it is. I uh I don't know, my little my little body gets up at four o'clock in the morning without a I don't need a I don't need an alarm clock. It just does it. <laughs> and uh
1: we are, we are truly cursed in that regard. <laughs> I
10: guess. Course, I mean, I'm not, I'm not up till midnight, I'll, I'll tell you that. But uh, but I do enjoy the mornings, I will tell you. It's a, it's a beautiful time of the day.
1: I bet you. You bet you. Randy, take care. Happy Memorial Day. Enjoy whatever marinade you're going to have. Have a good marinated meal, okay?
10: Whatever the boss brings home, you're right.
1: <laughs> take care, my friend.
2: Talk to you later.
1: You bet. Bye-bye.
2: You've been In the Grass with Randy Tischer of Green Velvet Zod Farms. Our Ask the Expert phone lines are open to answer your gardening and landscape questions. Call Mark Weber at 457-1290. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
1: And if you're tuning in and wondering what happened to what plant I am, i let you know that that comes up in the third hour of what Javon and I call the wild and crazy hour of Garden Talk, which starts at 8 o'clock this morning. So stay tuned for that. Let's head back to the telephone lines and let's go talk to Kathy. Kathy, good morning and welcome to Garden Talk.
5: Good morning.
1: Morning.
8: Um, I'm
5: the coleus plant. Should they have full sun, part sun, or shade? And also I have two new trees planted, and they're staked with the stake coming out from the base, and they're weeping cherries. Okay. And I was told by the garden center to water three days in a row as they were just planted.
1: Okay, let's let's first talk about coleus. The vast majority of varieties of coleus are shade-loving plants. They typically don't do well in full sun. Okay. Okay. And what's your question with the with the tree? Tell me again. You you've planted a weeping cherry, right?
5: The garden center did.
1: Okay. Okay. And
5: they put a stake coming out from the side, not right. Not up and down.
1: Okay.
6: And they
5: said to water it three days in a row. mm -hmm. And I think it's a weeping cherry. Yeah.
1: Well, generally generally speaking, that newly planted tree needs about an inch to inch and a half of water for every inch of diameter of its trunk.
5: It's a tiny trunk.
1: Okay. So let's just say it's going to need about an inch of water. So one of the easiest ways to water it, ma'am, is you can take like a milk jug or a five-gallon bucket, and you can poke holes in the bottom of the of the five-gallon bucket or the milk jug and set it next to the trunk of the tree and water it that way, and it'll give you a nice slow drip, and it'll soak the soil beneath, and that way you don't have to stand there all day with a garden hose. And I would do that probably with a newly planted tree. I'd probably do it once every three to four days, particularly with the kind of heat we're going to have. Okay. And
5: how long should the stake be left
1: Well, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. (laughs) Okay. Um, Kathy, I will tell you that for the tree's rate of growth and the tree's health, we as arborists would prefer it not to have a stake. Okay? And this is why. Because every time that tree wiggles in the wind or moves in the wind, it actually cracks and breaks and forms new roots. So staking trees, we can actually slow down the growth of a tree related to staking it. So if you live in a place that's really, really, really windy and there's a likelihood a tree may get, you know, blown out of the ground from a, from a gusty thunderstorm, you probably need a stake in there for a short period of time. But if you don't need a stake, don't use it. So, And if you are staking, you want that stake on the tree no more, or no less than 12 to 18 months from the time of planting. And there's a lot of really good studies out there that show that whenever we stake trees, we actually cause them to slow down in growth. And the other thing is when you stake it, you typically want a stake on the west side of the tree and a stake on the east side of the tree, and then then you want individual tethers that connect from each of the east stake and the west stake to the trunk where it's allowed to wiggle and move, but not to girdle the stem. Meaning movement in a stem of a tree is really, really important to de- developing what they call taper and trunk development and more so developing a root system. So in other words, in the short of short, short short of it all, Kathy, if you and I would planted a tree in two, the year 2000 and one we put a stake on it and one we didn't put a stake on it, and we finally removed the stake in 2002 or 2003, the tree that was planted by you and I without the stake would actually more likely than not be bigger than the one that we staked. Does that make sense? Okay. Have I helped you?
5: Yes. Can I ask one more? I
1: hope you would. Go ahead.
5: Okay. I have a rose bush, and the rabbit, the rabbits, Eat the
1: leaves, and I don't know how they can eat the thorns. Well, those darn rabbits, Kathy. (laughs)
5: And what can I do to keep
1: them away? Oh, get a big dog, first of all, but I'm seizing you. (laughs) I have two. I'll give you one. I'll I'll let you borrow one of mine to chase them away, but but needless to say. Um, There's a couple of ways you can do this, Kathy. You can put, like, a mechanical guard around it like a piece of chicken wire fence. That's one way that actually creates kind of a barrier to keeps the rabbits from coming in. There are some repellents out there. One of the, you know, there's one product called Ropel R O P I L or E L that has like a hot material in it, or you could even make your own. You could take like, um, um, you ever eat like uh, skyline chili or gold star chili? No. Okay. Well, you're not a Cincinnati girl, but Let's say you can go to get a couple bags of uh, little hot sauce, um, like like Tabasco sauce, okay? And put like four to five tablespoons of hot sauce into like a half gallon of water. And then um, put a few drops of liquid detergent like Dawn or Dove into that. And then kind of mix it all up and then spray it on your roses. And what will happen is the rabbits will come along and bite it and go, ouch. And, but the only key point is, though, after a rain, you'll have to reapply because the rains will wash it off.
5: Okay, also, right now, the rose bush is up quite a bit with buds on it. But if I cut that back to the ground now, will I get new growth?
2: Of course you will. Of course you will,
5: because it's mostly stems now yeah. from the rabbit eating.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would say you're going to get plenty of plenty of plenty of regrowth. Just make sure you maintain your water moisture level and keep Bugs Bunny and, and company away. Okay. Thank you. Well, oh, Kathy, have a great day and, and 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 enjoy enjoy your new tree. But remember, watering and low, no staking will make it grow better than with a stake. Okay.
5: And no fertilizer.
1: Unless you have a soil test that tells you so. There's that thing called soil testing again, (laughs) okay? Remember, we can kill plants with over-fertilizing, and particularly trees. Trees don't like a lot of over-fertility.
5: It's a cherry tree.
1: Okay. But again, I would tell you, Kathy, unless you have a soil test that tells you to fertilize, that's the only time you should fertilize. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Bye-bye. Folks, when we come back, we're going to talk to Gene in Bellbrook. We're going to talk to you at 457-1290. All that and so much more on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
2: It's our Ask the Experts weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. AM 1290 and News 957 WHIO. Is our
7: name. Memorial Day is a time to honor those who served our country. Stocks Lakers invites you to celebrate the holiday with our seventh annual Combos for Our Country. Come out to the Garden Center on Saturday morning, May 26th, and recognize our veterans by creating a combination planter. You choose your plants, container, and patriotic decoration and Stock Slagers will donate $20 of your purchase to Fisher Nightingale House at Wright-Patt Air Force Base. See you Saturday, May 26th at Stock Slagers.
2: Could you retire sooner than you think and with greater financial security? Hello, I'm David Gaylor, president of Tradewinds Financial Group. I'm also the author of Income Allocation. You will learn strategies to create a dependable, sustainable, and predictable income stream for your retirement. You'll also learn critical information about the two risks you must manage for a successful retirement. Learn more about the these strategies and give Tradewinds Financial Group a call. 800-385-0437. That's 800-385-0437.
7: When you look at your trees, do you see dead or hanging branches? Are leaves turning yellow or falling off? If your trees don't look healthy or if you're worried that they may be unsafe, call the tree care professionals at Arbor Experts, a locally owned and operated tree care company staffed with ISA certified arborists serving greater Dayton. Visit their website at arbor-experts.com or call them at 937-233-4118. That's Arbor Experts at 233-4118.
2: Join WHIO Radio for 24 hours of on-air coverage of June 1st, the longest day. We'll raise funds to fight and awareness of Alzheimer's. Right here on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Our special broadcast day is sponsored by Life Plan Financial Group and Symphony at Centerville.
1: Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Garden Talk. Let's check out the updated weather forecast from News Center 7.
4: We may see a few passing sprinkles early this morning, otherwise just partly sunny skies. Temperatures will climb to about 84 degrees this afternoon. Scattered showers and thunderstorms expected to develop. Severe threat not anticipated, but heavy rain, gusty winds, and lightning would be something to look out for. Later on tonight, we'll watch everything coming to an end, and clouds will stick with us. We fall to about 67 degrees. For your day tomorrow, partly sunny, hot, and humid, 89 degrees, an isolated pop-up storm possible. Heat index values are what it will feel like in the low 90s. I'm meteorologist McCall Vrydags in the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
1: A current scan of the new live Doppler HG7 radar shows uh, no shower activity whatsoever. The eastern sc- our sky here at the station has begun to open up because I am now being blinded by the light. <laughs> It's 70 degrees in downtown Dayton, 64 in Wilmington. Maybe it's nice at your house. I'm sure it's nice at mine. On the stations you depend on for weather, traffic, and garden talk, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
2: It's an Ask the Experts weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
1: If you've got an eastern white pine right now, you may notice that there may be some little, you know, fruiting structures of these little tiny light green cones that may be on it. And those are actually um, the cones of the pine tree beginning to form. And uh, remember that uh, tree, uh, conifers do a lot of things that are different than their angiosperm cousins. So with pines, with pines and spruce, they actually form their cones, and uh, they will form these little interesting little structures on the tree. 457-1290, if I can see the call screen here, <laughs> I'll tell you what. The sun is bright this morning. Let's go to Gene in Bellbrook. Gene in Bellbrook, good morning.
6: Good morning. Uh, About five years ago, I bought a trumpet vine and trimmed it so it would be like a tree. But now I'm going to get rid of it because it goes underground with roots, comes up eight feet away, 20 feet away, in and around the roses. How do I get rid of all the starks? That run underground. They go under sidewalks, come out in the middle of the
1: grass. What in the devil are you growing?
6: Well, it's a trumpet vine. It's
1: uh,
6: <laughs> orange, uh, red.
1: Oh yeah, it's gonna get. Uh, it wants to go everywhere. It wants to take over the world. <laughs> well, it sure does.
6: That's why I'm gonna. I'm going to yank the thing out coming week, and uh, uh,
1: you're going to have more of the it come.
6: Bed out, yeah, about 15 foot long. I'm going to dig down and get rid of as much as I can, but then it goes under the sidewalk. Came up in a bed uh, behind our house, in around a tree. Is there any way I can kill it without hurting the tree, or does well, everything have to be dug out?
1: What I would do is cut everything above ground. Um, to the ground level, leave yourself about an inch or two stub above the la- above the soil, and then paint the trunks with that with uh material called glassophate. Okay, and you'll get some systemic action, but remember, it's probably going to get a bunch of resprouts all over the place. Sure so, do. So you're going to be doing this for a while. <laughs> But uh, there's a real good reason why trumpet vine is one of those vines that when you plant it, you'll have the regret of planting it at some point of period of time, so...
6: I I bought this plant because I thought it had beautiful flowers. Well, I like them, I mean clusters of them. Mm -hmm. But, boy, is it a nightmare coming up around the lilies, the tulips, Mm. everything.
1: It wants to grow. It wants to take over the earth. (laughs) Yeah, cut cut it as low to the ground as you can. Pull all the vines away. Just keep in mind that you've got a plant that has stored up a lot of energy below ground, and it has a serious tenacity to survive. So multiple applications with a post-directive herbicide will be at bay, will be will be required, and it may take you the course of a summer or two to finally eliminate this stuff. But you so can't. I may
6: not live long
1: enough. Oh, don't don't say that. You sound you sound like some of the people I know and love in this life. So don't say that. I I hate it when people say that because it's kind of like you know don't give up the ghost, okay?
6: Well, the, the little skinny starts that come up. There's nothing I can spray on them to kill them.
1: You could if they're are they coming up in the lawn or what?
6: Well, they're in the flower beds around some of my beautiful trees. All right, you
1: don't breed. want to use you don't want to spray those with anything that could hurt your your I mean, your valuables. So yeah, you want to spot treat it. You may want to use the glossophate and maybe wipe those branches with the glossophate. But really limit the, the, limit the amount of drift and overspray to the other valuable plants because you don't want to damage what you value. Uh, Glyphosate, okay. Glyphosate, is a commonly known, you know, commonly labeled product. Carries that famous word. Word ends with up, but I won't say it anymore because it's mislabeled. Okay. It, they sell All it right. under so many different products now that it's so confusing for you guys. So I just tell you to go look for the active ingredient, Colossophate. Okay.
6: Okay. Sounds like a winner.
1: All right, sir. I appreciate you your know. call and, and 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 good luck with your with your crazy trumpet vine, okay?
6: <laughs> oh,
1: thank you. Thank you, sir. Bye bye. Well, folks, that'll wrap it up for this hour's edition of Garden Talk. Do not let your gardening hearts go to trouble. The wild and crazy last hour of Garden Talk lies ahead. John Tisdale has his Do you have a pirates hat on? A Phillies hat on? What kind of pee is that? We'll find out in the next, after the newscast, what kind of hat John Tisdale has on. I thought at least he wore a Boston hat, since he's from Boston.
2: Right? Right. On AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. From our downtown Dayton, McAfee Heating and Air Studios, WHIO AM Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station.